Good people and fellow students, welcome to another episode of All That Yaz. In studio with me is a music multi-hyphenate. He started the year by dropping a double album curated with some of the most exciting names in South African hip-hop and mine has been sounding the alarm ever since. A music producer, music curator, and music promoter. Our guest is also behind multiple live music events, including a personal fave in Treetops and the hip-hop banger that is Street Fest. I am talking about Nod Benjamin. How are you doing, sir? Yes, sir. I'm good. I'm good. Shout out for that beautiful intro. It's good to be here. And how is how is this uh, young day treating you? Young day? Yo, no, today was very, very hectic. I started the day at Sumo at 3 a.m. Actually, I was DJing for Yuang at Sumo. It went crazy. Only got home at like 5 a.m. Then got up for class around like 8, you know what I mean? Then been back to back in classes for like six hours till right now. Just stepped into the crib so we could do this interview. It's been busy and just like every other day though so you know so let's start with the basics before we get into like the whole bigness of this how did you got into producing music because you actually wanted to be scratching them turntables but what was the thing that actually got you into music in general i think in general you know i've just always been into performing artists yes it was djing that was more of a catalyst that pushed me to actually doing it but since i can remember being a kid i've always looked at performers i looked at black ips i looked at justin bieber and stuff like that and i was like it's a crazy thing that people can dance to their music and enjoy it. So I just remember now I'd go to like the other room and learn Black Eyed Peas verse, you know, and then come perform it for my parents and be like, listen to this uh, rap. I'm curious, what was the Black Eyed Peas song? What's your favorite Black Eyed Peas song? You know which song's dope? Do you know Hey Mama? Yeah, Hey, hey Mama, Mama is that shit that make your group mama. That album is insane. Like that's what actually got me into music because my parents would play it all the time. Then like Sean Paul and things like that, you know, and... <laughs> You're, so, you're like, very 2003 right now because Ella Funk was actually yeah. also one of the first uh, albums that I think I ever bought and Holiday used to be one of my favorite songs and that song was on SSX Tricky the snowboarding game yeah I'd sing along every lyric with it now I'm not sure if many people know this but your father is actually an amazing filmmaker like a the cinematography yeah. behind an Oscar award winning film multiple Sorry. box office juggernaut type films and yeah. I've always found the relationship between film and music to be quite symbiotic and since you've already mentioned that you used to play in front of your parents, I'm curious to know if his art has been an influence to your career and if so, how? Mm, that's a good question. Definitely. You know what I mean? I think just having parents that understand the creative space, you know, they understand that it takes time to get good at your craft and everything. So there wasn't that pressure of you need to study this or you need to get this job, etc. But on top of that, being a kid, going to my dad's film sets, you know what I mean? Um, He was also friends with lots of creatives, so lots of people that were into music or into this or that I'd meet. And yeah, even for example, like the person that gave me this laptop was a director friend of his. And I've been using this laptop since I was like 16. And he was just like, your music is so crazy that like, here's a laptop, I need you to go hard with it. So it's things like that, like meeting people that he meets and seeing the world through his eyes, you know what I mean? Seeing the things that he's achieved, it's like, it's literally possible for me to achieve crazy things. Who would have thought a South African film would have an Oscar? You know what I mean? I don't think any South African film has gotten an Oscar since, you know? And before, so it's just like a crazy thing that like something unbelievable, or maybe it has, I don't know, I'm I'm in music. (laughs) I'm not in film like that. No, uh, South African films have one. I think one won last year for best documentary, but that wasn't, uh, that's besides the point. (laughs) The thing which I actually find quite interesting also about that is also being a filmmaker myself and also hearing how you talk. Filmmaking is 
very much a team sport because I, for example, am a script writer and that's where like my strength is. I also direct and do other things, but if I don't have a good cinematographer and editor, it doesn't work that. And I've kind of seen your approach to music be a lot more collaborative also in the way that you do things because even your first album was called not benjamin and friends and you do your treetops and and would it be a stretch to kind of say that going on to film sets is also part of that or is it also just being like yeah i think you just made me realize that i've never (laughs) noticed that that may have actually been an influence because i understand that you actually can't do it all by yourself especially a film for example you can't shoot and act and this and that you know what i mean at the same time so you need to have a team of people and i am quite like a lone ranger in how i try to do my things but each thing that i kind of take on alone you build a team around it. Like, for example, the team the team that I have for Treetops isn't the same team that I have for Street Fest. Everywhere I go, whether it's at school, when I go to class, and, like, I try to create that working together energy, you know what I mean? Whether it's in music or in events or anything, I try to bring on everyone I can bring on board. And now that I think about it, yeah, it probably does stem from understanding that in a film, for example, you, you can't do it alone. You need to have a full team. It needs to be legit. And on top of everything, you need to be nice to everyone. That's what I've mainly learned from my dad, you know, more than anything creative, just genuine human being interaction and understanding that if you give and give and be nice to everyone, it will come back. But that's not even the reason you're doing it. It just makes life so much easier and so much better. And you feel great about the fact that everything is good. And it comes back in ways that you wouldn't think. You just got to do it selflessly, you know, all the time. You just got to be a good person. And, you know, work with as many people as you can. Help out. Help people. That's a key thing. It's helping people. So that's what I've learned through my dad. Those types of values. Those lessons and principles. Let's get into your the eventing side of things. Because right now you are on a streak. Street Fest being a monthly event. The first time I actually came to one of your events. Your event was actually the first um, live music event I went to post-pandemic, which was Treetops. Crazy. I remember. What got you into the actual curation part of eventing as opposed to just being a performer at an event? I think that all happened very, very organically. I didn't think to myself, I'm going to now be an event organizer or an event <laughs> curator. You know, I think it's just through living life as a verb and just doing things instead of kind of defining myself as I'm a music producer, so I'm just going to stay here in my room and cook beats and not leave my room. But I might not be a music producer in the future. Who knows? I might become a filmmaker (laughs) or something, you know, like who knows where life may go. So I've just kind of always tried to just flow with life. And how eventing came along is I was at a party and my friends that I actually ran a studio with before that were now running that club. And they were like, yo, if you want to host something here, do it. We'll let you have the venue for free, etc. We can do it together type of thing. I hit them up on the Monday and I said, were you serious about that? They said, yeah, let's do it this Thursday. Then that coming Thursday, I organized a lineup that same day. I just asked friends, yo, would you like to come perform? I asked Money, Willie Cardiac, Inglatabo Acid, a couple other people. They were like, hell yeah. So I sorted out the lineup, got someone to make a flyer. That was on Tuesday. Then Thursday, filled up the club. You know what I mean? And that was my first ever event. And that, that club was never the same after that either. Like it was packed. And I had about like four events there. And I had like Blackie, I had Wang and Lucas and everyone before. The fame and everything standing on bar tables performing. Around what, what year was, was this like 2018, 2019? This is 2020. In the midst of lockdown. Oh, during yeah. the pandemic. <laughs> even oh gosh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was also at the end of that lockdown period it was after things have kind of calmed down and on top of that more so than that it was just about doing things there wasn't much happening there were no events there were 
so many artists that are not able to perform. Everyone is keen to get on stage for free. And I didn't have any money. This was just something random. I was like, come perform. They're like, hell yeah. Then it just turned more and more into a thing. I started hosting there. That's a third place now called Banka. I hosted a couple of events there. Then I did Carfax with Backyard. Then I did more at third place. Then I did uh, this place called Car Cave, you know, which was a block party. Then I did Treetops. And then now it's like just turned into this thing of events happening. And that's actually how I came up with Not Benjamin and Friends. Because from the first event, I was like, oh, I'll just call it Not Benjamin and Friends because I'm asking my friends to come perform. And then me making the album, Not Benjamin and Friends, was me taking that experience from the stage and putting it into something like tangible, you know, that you can listen to whenever you like and giving that experience from my events. So they kind of influenced each other. You know what I mean? It wasn't one or the other. But it definitely all started with the music. Music is the root of my thing. And now even Street Fest, this was the second one that I just hosted, right? And that was my 13th event. 13th event and 13th flop events. You know what I mean? Like financially and things like that. (laughs) But finally, (laughs) now they were good. They're all good events. But I mean, financially, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, none of them were successful. Like that successful. If I, I just managed to break even every now and then. But with this last uh, street fest, I packed it out, sold it out. It was my biggest event ever. And it had to take 13 events consistently to like finally have a really successful one. Speaking on the profitability, see, well, what have been some of the things that you've been picking up and learning towards the okay. success of an event? This might sound like an obvious one, but one of the key things is having good sound. You know, having good sound is the most important thing. Because if there's music, we can have an event anywhere. People will rock. Now, if there's a speaker loud enough for them to hear it, it's fine. Sound and stage and that stuff, get it sorted out, outsource it, however you got to spend the money on that. You know what I mean? Good mics. <laughs> Do not have your yeah, karaoke mics. mics. 100%. Because I, I only learned this on Halloween. So I hosted an event in Maboneng for Halloween in a big-ass warehouse. And the sound people flopped on me a bit. And then I went for a different sound person. And then they were waiting for my confirmation. And then the venue was eventually like, no, you can just use our sound. It's cool. We got you. Then I arrive on the morning of the event. The sound is there, but no one's setting it up. Now I'm setting the sound up. You know what I mean? And there's no one setting the stage up. Now we're carrying the stage in, me and my friends. And we're setting up. And now the event time has started. The sound isn't working. People are arriving in the Halloween costumes. (laughs) to an event that hasn't even so there was like those types of like learning curves that I was like okay a key thing is sound before anything the sound and stage needs to be sorted right that's the most important I'd say then uh after that it's you know promo you know if you got to pay for promo if you hit up pages like I don't know creative corner or freshman mag freshman mag so I'm currently actually working with I, I pay them to you know repost flyers and stuff like that that's more important especially if you don't have any buzz around a certain event but even if you do have buzz all the promo you can get like paying for promo is a very key thing you know and I think like what I said about being nice to everyone and just being a good person you know and helping other people for example I wouldn't have been able to host any of these events had I not made all those songs for all those artists for free. I didn't get paid for the first however many years of producing. I was just cooking up for everyone. And I'd often feel like, oh, they're getting all this music for free for me. And everyone's telling me for free. And you get all that. You need to charge them. But then if I charge them, then they won't come to the session or the music won't be made. All that conflict. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to make the music with everyone and have fun. And we meet them and have conversations, learn who they are 
and build up those connections that we're actually like friends and we actually like most we just know each other and I've done them this favor you know what I mean but it's not even a thing because I love making music so it's not even a favor but it is a favor and it's a mutual favor we're working together so that by the time my event comes I can say yo come perform and they'll happily perform it's not a thing of oh how much uh, budget do you have they'll happily come perform because they know the songs they're performing I produced for them for free you know what I mean yeah. So they can't now ask me to pay them to perform songs that I produced that they didn't pay for. and da, da, da. So it's an unspoken thing, but it's something that's totally cool. And at the same time, had I not done all those free sessions and cooked up all that free music, and even though I felt like I was being taken advantage of by lots of people, et cetera, et cetera, some of that music never got released and some of this, and now I've got a catalog, like a huge vault <laughs> full of music that, actually is mine you know i can make an album with 24 songs on it if i want you know what i mean and just ask them yo can i use this song can i use that song then i clean it up get a different feature da, 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 da. and all of this is happening just through connecting and being kind and what you need to do is actually care about the next person because i know i definitely care about each of the people i work with that's why Yuan can ask me to come DJ for him at sumo he said it's at 3 a.m but i have class at this time you know what i mean at 8 a.m but I'll still come DJ for him at his set. Obviously, it's compromising my stuff. You know what I mean? But it's to show that I actually, like, I'm watching his growth and his career. And I don't mind doing this favor for him. And I know he doesn't mind coming to Street Fest to perform for free for me. You know what I mean? It's that type of thing of, like, we're exchanging creative currency. Even with the flyer for Street Fest, for example, Sishiazi did the flyers, Doomed World. And I've done a lot of music for him and he does the flyers for me and da, 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 da. you know what I mean? It's, it's about knowing what your value is and then providing the value in people's lives and actually caring about it. You know what I mean? That's why my album came out the way it did because I care about it. I'm not just releasing music to try pop off or anything. It's because I genuinely care about each of those songs and each of the connections I made making those songs. What is the big dream when it comes to actually doing Street Fest? Uh, since you now tied us to doing, doing it monthly, that's a mm. that's a very big that was commitment. a big dream yeah <laughs> well, that already was a dream like being able to do it every month you know what i mean is or just anything like hosting every month is a dream because if it does go well every month then that's a job that i'm providing for other people too but also for myself like i can actually monthly know i'm gonna make around about this much so just doing it every month is a big thing but i think the next step would have to be making it a street street fest as in blocking off the street there at the bottom then blocking off the street there at the top barricading it and like literally closing off the streets and having a big ass stage in Brahm shut down Brahm properly that would be a big dream and then also actually becoming street fest festival having a big huge festival with like three dance floors and doing that annually you know what I mean or treetops could become that or or have a treetop stage at the festival or a street fest stage at whatever this festival is. You know what I mean? Like taking the events to that level, booking international artists, bringing them to SA, linking people, that type of stuff. So I wanted to know from you because the footage from the, from the previous one was lit. What was your favorite moment from the last... Street Fest. Street Fest, yeah. So, so that was the second one, actually. So the first one happened the month before that in April. And the first one, you probably don't know about it because it wasn't that successful. You know what I mean? It was the first Street Fest. I yeah. had everyone in the new wave on the lineup, though. And the artists, the lineup was good. The performances were great. But it wasn't packed out. And there was a lot for us to learn about, like, where to put the furniture, where to do this. Da, 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 da. So this one was the second one where we, like, figured out a lot of things. And it went crazy. I think, obviously, bringing Reese out on stage was, like, 
a dream. You know, actually just working with Reese in any way was like always something that I wanted to do. But I didn't think it would be bringing him out on stage. I didn't think I could get him to leave his crib <laughs> and arrive <laughs> at my yeah. venue and perform because I don't treat it as a simple thing. I was 16 when you did that. <laughs> Sorry, that was a Reese lyric. But I don't treat it as a simple thing at all because, you know, even just Reese, his character, he's about things that are real. That's what I like about him. He doesn't do the internet thing. He doesn't do those succumbing to trends or changing his sound for a couple views or da da da. You know what I mean? He's always been who he is and he only fucks with what he fucks with. So that's what's cool is like we connected on a, on a music level. One night, 4 a.m., I was just chilling. Then I was like, I made a beat. Then I was like, Reese could hop on this. And I was like, actually, let me just send it to Reese. He doesn't know who I, I didn't think he knows who I am or anything. Sent a We Transfer with like five beats in there. And then. Next morning, he followed me, hit me up on Twitter as well, said, ah, we need to work. Uh, I'll send you what I did on those beats. Da, da, da. Please send more beats. Then I just kept sending him beats on the internet. And then, you know, he'd see my events and things like that. Then Street Fest 1 happened. And then I was like, you know what? For Street Fest 2, let's, you know, let's try it out. You know, let's see if we can book Reese. They told us his fee. That thing I was saying about knowing your values and et cetera, et cetera. If it's not financial, there's other ways you can compensate musically and creatively and da 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 da. da. So I asked for some kind of deal to lower his price and then I'd add beats into the equation. So on the contract, <laughs> <laughs> on the contract, it said the price, then it said five beats and it said, you know, riders. Oh, whatever. wow. On the contract and everything. So like literally, like you need to milk that thing because people see that's real. He's not thinking I'm trying to not pay him. It's more so that I don't have that kind of guap right now, but it's more, it's that I can find the value in other build. ways. Yeah. And everyone needs to, now that's something that everyone needs to do and look at themselves and analyze their values. What's your value proposition? And then provide it because people want you around if you provide value. If you're just kind of chilling here, smoking weed on my couch, I can't chill with you. You know what I mean? Because you're going to yeah. waste my time and now I'm just going to be sitting here smoking weed with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead of actually working or doing something. So it's about having, providing value for other people and for yourself and knowing how to make use of your value to make your life easier and do what you want to do. I can agree or at least even attest to that because even for us, um, the first two times we did the broadcast showcase or what's now called the BAI showcase, mm. it was practically self-funded as in it came all from my pocket and donations and begging. Yeah. And the first one, we didn't actually pay any of the artists. Yeah. I don't think, yeah, we didn't pay any of the artists, but I think part of the reason why they kind of jumped onto it is because at the time I had next-gen grades and I had written about all of those artists anyway. And we had kind of built up a camaraderie because I had, they, they were seeing that I was a fan of their music. They liked the plug and I was like, this is kind of like the blog if the blog was a live event. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of helped for the first two. And so we were able to get money to start actually paying people and now we're able to pay people. Trust. So what are you looking forward to most about this upcoming uh, Street Fest? I'm excited for Never Ride. I want to see Never Ride live. You know that new Mash Beats joined with, with Tato So and, and Maglero Dobo. Yeah. Like that track is going to be bang live. Let's go. 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 Let's go.
I want to see that the system is in place, you know, that things are working. But it's also dope to have different artists performing. I haven't worked with a lot of these artists even on this lineup. Got Tyson. Well, a lot of people. I was about to go through everyone's names in one go, but like, there's a lot of people performing. Tyson's my favorite rapper. My top two dope. is actually Tyson and Tata Soul. I think they're, mm. they're the rappers I've written the most about. Are y'all ready? Yeah! Let me hear that one more time. Two, two, two. But I, I really want to see that this formula is working, you know, like Street Fest becomes exactly how I'm envisioning. And I've already seen, I, I think I've shown that the potential in the brand, you know what I mean? And what it can become and what it has become. So now it's a matter of keeping it consistent, like just keeping at it and yeah, just doing crazier lineups every time. That's also what's really cool about hosting is I can put people on, you know, I can literally say, okay, I actually like this person. I, I mean, I don't know if he's popping or not or whatever, but this song is dope. And I go through their music. Okay, let me add them to the lineup. You know what I mean? That type of thing. I've done that a lot of times also with previous events. So always trying to like put on new talent. You know, I don't just want to do headliners every time. You've been doing all of this whilst studying a postgraduate, which... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's not a game. I'm not going to lie. It's not a game. Studying is just a whole other world, you know, because now I'm studying music. I'm studying a bachelor in jazz piano. All that yeah. jazz. <laughs> and it's ironic because you're also a student. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why I, I feel like I relate to you heavily because, you know, you're a student of life. And that's what Not Benjamin is about. You know, not actually ever feeling like you, you know everything about everything and just remain learning. Being a student, when I think of what it means to be a student is like saying, I want to learn this thing that I don't know yet. You know? Yeah. So you have to admit to yourself, I don't know this thing in order yes. to learn it. You know, whereas people will lie to themselves their whole lives saying they know everything and don't learn anything. So that's why I really respect the, yeah, as the student, because it reminds me of, of not Benjamin, because that's literally me saying, like, I'm not going to act like I know how the world works. Or I know everything about myself. There's still a lot to learn about myself. We're all on our own personal journeys, et cetera, yes. et cetera. So I'm a student of life, you know, all the same. But yeah, no, uh, studying music. I'm still a student, student, you know, it's, I'm in final year right now. So let's just hope I pass. I think I will. <laughs> well, let's hope, you know, like, <laughs> let's, let's hope it's looking deep right now. <laughs> so but uh, why, why did you specifically choose jazz piano? I'm curious, as opposed to like classical or why specifically jazz piano? So I didn't play piano in my childhood. I wish I did, but I didn't play much piano at all. And then when I was 19, after I did one year bridging course at a place called Copa, Camps of Performing Arts, where I did sound engineering. And there was a keyboard class there. And then that teacher was pretty cool. And you teach me scales and this and that. And I'm like, okay, scales, music works like this. Ah, I see. Then in my gap year, I got a piano teacher. Yeah. He'll come to the house once every week. And then someone told me about Ritz and they were like, you can do this music degree. Then when I looked at it, I'm like, I just know with classical music, you need to know how to read. You know what I mean? And you need to know technical, very, very technical things, you know? Whereas with jazz, I feel it's a lot more free. 
you know uh it's intuitive. I can bring my creative yeah i can bring my creativity into it instead of just studying what people did a hundred years ago <laughs> you know what i mean i have to study what people did a hundred years ago i have classical classes for the past four years so i've been doing classical theory but the performance side is what separates the degree because all the students in theory do this jazz and classical all the students then when you perform, you do either classical performance or jazz performance. I mean, I really actually only studied music because I want to learn piano. It's the same reason I got a piano teacher in my gap year, because I want to learn how to play, to make studio easier. I land to studio, I just play the piano and the beat's done. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I already knew how to make my drums knock when I was like 16, you know what I mean? Or 18 or whatever. Like I could make hard songs. On the production side of things, I proved a lot of the things I wanted to prove to myself on Celestial Blues. Yeah. And that was... In 2018, whatever I want to do, I want to try to do it to my best, you know what I mean? Which is why I even started production, because I actually initially wanted to perform music and, you know, do that type of music. And then I was like, in order to do that, I need to have the dopest beats. And I'd ask people for beats and people are weird with their dope beats, but they're chilled with their whack beats and things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Music is actually all about the beats. The vocals play a little part. If I can make the best beats ever... Then I started making the best beats ever. <laughs> and then I was like, actually, I need to learn this music thing because it's not about the beats. It's not about going and just making these crazy sounds. It is to some degree. But if I'm trying to create a feeling and learn about music, what is this thing I'm actually doing to call myself a musician? Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I need to learn piano. Because also piano. you find out like very like interesting things like that keys have emotions and colors that are like tied exactly. to them and there are specific keys where if you touch that specific key like the or even scales like the locrian scale like no one ever yeah. very few people touch the locrian scale because yeah. it's so yeah. morbid and i but know also on top of that you need to know how to use the locrian scale you need to know what's like chord you can play that scale on top of before you can even use that scale especially yeah. things like that like locrian just jazz modes blew my mind when i got to jazz school is that the song can be in the key of whatever, but when they write that chord over there, it can, it can be in a whole other key. And like each bar is its own key, basically. <laughs> so this one's F major, then it goes to, you know, C minor, which is completely different. Then it goes to whatever, you know what I mean? Which are completely different keys. So you have to learn all the scales. I've been doing technical, I've been learning scales, I've been learning arpeggios, I've been doing transcriptions, I've been learning songs on songs on songs on songs. Literally because I was like, if it's music that I'm doing, I have to go hard at it. You know what I mean? Even with events, if I get into events, even though it happened organically, I have to host the best events. I don't know if it's a competitive nature inside of me or just like wanting to do well at everything that I do. I just want to do well at all times, you know, but I'm learning, you know, I'm a student right now. I'm learning about music. I'm learning about life and learn about all those things to get my full circle moment, come back where I started and be like, now I can make music. I still feel like I haven't made any music. I would disagree on that, but that's a conversation for another nah, day. Nah, not Benjamin made that music. Benjamin hasn't made much music. Okay, okay. You know what? I understand where you're coming from there. You get I, what I'm saying? I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. It's the same way, like for me, I've done five films, but I don't think I've made my first film yet. Exactly. Or should I say my first film that's purely in my voice? Yeah. It's going to take those films for you to get there. You know what I mean? Just like it takes like a thousand beats before you can put a beat out that's hot. That groundwork is what you need to be able to become and create what you want. Is then scoring also part of this? Do you see it as part of this journey that you're going on? Because, for Definitely. example, even songs like London Road. That song, song particularly, I can see uh, when you get to the bridge part of it where the guitar kind of kicks in. 
yeah. like that feels like you're meant to be on you're on the highway and it's i can see i can write yeah. that scene as to what's yeah. happening with without even listening to the the vocals but even the vocals mm. scene yeah yeah and that's what i do try to base my stuff on i think of myself if i were to define my style as a cinematic producer that's the classical side of thing classical music is cinematic as hell you know it's dramatic dun, 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 dun. Yes, you know, it's whereas, got all like, the dynamics is... you got your fortes yeah. of pianissimos that's why i like learning from that theory wise you know what i mean but in terms of playing it on the piano having to play it exactly how it's written that note right there and play it that amount of softness and that amount of too many rules for me you know i would rather get the lead sheets and then you learn and figure it out for yourself how you want to play it because then that gives you your own voice so how i look at it is that classical music gives you all the best tools the inventory to be able to like take that knowledge on chords on how to play on dynamics and structure it's a foundation for a lot of things but i feel like jazz is more progressive in the sense that it can be current you know anything can be jazz music actually you can take someone playing music in the middle of nowhere and then get a jazz pianist to like play over it and he'll reharmonize it and da, 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 and it becomes jazz and even just music where it's going you know where i think of music and where it is it's not we have to play it then write down the notes and then like when they back then they had to do all of that even though well, i have to study that and da, 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 da. well the thing is for me um specifically with classical music i think part of the reason why classical music is like that or why it feels somewhat restrictive a lot of the time is also because our view of classical music is it's very specific mm. in terms of um the type of influences that you learn in terms of yeah. uh it's white supremacist i feel yeah true yeah white so <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of the stuff which you learn makes a lot of sense in what is classical in those contexts it's all music you know and music they don't make the rules. The music is played and then the rules are created. You know yes. what I mean? Just like with jazz music, they like to use this thing called the two, five, one, which is a chord progressions, two, five, one. And then they take that and they scramble it and put it up and down and in a different key and that key and this and that. Yeah. But and a lot of R&B music is also based upon that, that exact yeah. concept. But that two, five, one was done hundreds of years ago in classical music. And then someone was like, ah, oh, I like the way that sounds. And then started doing it a lot more than the other people. That became its own thing. And then adding it into songs. And then jazz just kind of said, we're taking this 251 <laughs> from classical music. And we're going to make it a staple sound. And we're going to run with it. But that's the reference point from that. And I'm sure that initial thing that created 251 was created from something else. And everything influences each other. And at the end of the day, it's about what you do. Not about what you know. It's about how much you're doing. About how much you're learning. And putting that knowledge into action to create something you know whatever you want it to be just create so with all of this what paint a five year from now picture of not benjamin hmm. or not even no sorry not of not benjamin paint a five-year picture of benjamin of benjamin well the five-year picture hasn't even started for benjamin yet you know what i mean i think i'll graduate and then become benjamin you know what i mean i'll graduate into being benjamin right now as not benjamin as a student as someone learning who benjamin is and then after i figure that type of thing out which may never happen but i think after i graduate i can say i'm a musician you know what i mean and start focusing on benjamin's journey but for not benjamin what i do see is it becoming a brand i see not benjamin actually being not benjamin and it doing events it doing 
music you're doing label clothes fashion and creating spaces for all types of other things visual arts is also something that i was really i've always been really good at art you know but i just don't have that passion and drive for art specifically but i'll do more things in the art spaces when i have more time away from music etc but in the next five years it's more events bigger musical works a lot more film scores more than anything i just want to export what we're doing over here and take it to the world and let them see that like what we got here in sa is beautiful i want to go that side and work with people there as well you know i want to extend my travels there and like work with as many people as i can and produce crazy music for them and come back home <laughs> that should happen within the next five years i should be back here that should be my next full circle moment is when i'm like i'm back in south africa for after the past year or whatever and i want to bring it back home whether it's a grammy whether it's whatever the hell it is in the next five years i just want to do whatever i want to do you know all the things that i dreamed of all those things and even becoming benjamin that's what i want to happen within the next five years you know the journey become of becoming benjamin ben- that's the next five years yeah literally that's the journey and right now as not benjamin what i'm doing is trying to bring people on board and create that foundation to start that journey because i understand what this music thing takes it's not about dropping a song and then everyone just pops on and likes it you need to create something that people feel and understand and then once that's created you need to market that properly then you market that properly you need to get the audience and then you need to do the gigs and then you have a team that makes sure and all those things that i'm learning right now there's a lot more steps you know to creating a successful artist yeah those are the things i'm trying to learn and i want to put them to action i want to do them and now if people want to know more about you about your next drop or about street fest where where must they go what are the things you gotta go to not benjamin on everything <laughs> so not benjamin underscore on twitter and instagram on facebook i think it's not benjamin too but i don't really use facebook much you know i just made it because i guess you have to there's certain things you need to do as an artist and whatever but you'll probably you'll you'll probably hear all about what i'm doing next you know soon enough it's it's going to be hard to avoid what i'm planning you know but that's where you'll find everything online uh not benjamin and also not benjamin because it's an instagram profile of benjamin you know what i mean not benjamin because that's not benjamin it's a song that benjamin made it's like removing myself from your identity even but more so your people's perceptions of your identity and the internet and all those things that get involved in creating your identity removing all of that so you can be a student and actually learn about your identity and actually figure that out and create that for yourself so yeah identity not benjamin and friends <laughs> get the album not benjamin and friends as well <laughs> Yes, and when you do so, tell me what your favorites are. Mike, currently, I don't want to exist in London Road. Yes, sir. I, I don't think I go at least two days without one of them playing multiple times. But Beautiful. I just Beautiful. wanted to say thank you for giving us your time and your perspective and knowledge on this journey that you're currently going on. I cannot wait to come to Street Fest and hopefully record Hi. some stuff. She'll then be in this podcast retroactively yeah. and see where it is that this journey takes you. I find you to be quite a... Um, very interesting and a very collaborative person and i'm hopeful in where this journey is going to take thank you so much and thank you for providing the space to have like these types of conversations you know what i mean it's dope to talk about real life things and just chop it up so i appreciate it thanks for having me on the show it's good to do this and yeah thank you appreciate everything that was the episode of all that gas thank you so much for listening 
If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so by sending an email to allthatyazpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned as we bring you more insightful episodes of this podcast.